to another episode of Fantasy Dreams, the show where we make your fantasy football dreams a reality. It's the corniest tagline of all podcasting, but we're already here, so fuck it. Today, we got a new episode for you, the AFC South Fantasy Preview. I'm going to be honest, let me get this disclaimer before this episode starts, okay? Just so everyone out there knows, this division fucking sucks. I'm not going to lie to you. There's just... Ugh. <laughs> There's just nothing here, man. This shit is ass. I'm not going to lie to you. So there's there's some good players for sure, and we'll get to that. Um, but just a disclaimer, this episode, hopefully you're not a fan of one of these teams. If you are, this might not go very well for you. But uh, this might be 30 minutes of me shitting on the AFC South. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, so... With that, I think we should get to the Indianapolis Colts as our first team. And as of today, when I'm recording this, Friday, July, what, 30th? Yes, the 30th of July. We've got news about the Indianapolis Colts, and it's not great. Carson Wentz, the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts for this season, has a foot injury, and it looks not great. Doesn't look great, right? foot uh, injury. He's apparently going to see a foot specialist. The Colts are apparently bracing for him to have foot surgery. So it doesn't look very promising as of right now. And I, uh, I was looking at a graphic, right? I believe it was my sports update on Twitter that it posted it, which was very interesting that the Colts have a history of kind of hiding these injuries with quarterbacks, right? They had Peyton Manning with the neck injury that they kind of hid. Uh, Andrew Luck, with his injuries, he ended up retiring. Um, and then you had, you know, Carson Wentz right now. And, you know, they said at first that it's, yo, it's a foot injury, you know. And then as the hours go by, it just starts getting worse and worse. And so I'm very skeptical of if Carson Wentz is going to be ready for week one. And if not, how long he's going to be out, right? So I now have to look at this Colts team from the lens of what's going to happen if. Carson Wentz isn't on the field. And uh, the first thing to look at is the quarterback spot, which as of right now is Jacob Eason. And if it's not him, it's the rookie Sam Ellinger out of Texas. Um, either way, not great, if I'm being honest. Everyone in the offense gets a downgrade. I'm not using Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger in fantasy, to be honest. Um, but if there's one bright spot with this Colts team, it would be Jonathan Taylor, who last year was the RB6, currently being drafted at RB7. And, you know, his scoring opportunities are going to go way down with this injury, obviously. But now that they really don't have a starting caliber quarterback under center, they're going to run him into the fucking ground. I'm not going to lie. Jonathan Taylor is going to get a ridiculous amount of carries, and he still has a good offensive line. You know, they might dump it off to him because he's not going to be throwing 30, 40 yard bombs down the field, I'd assume. So Jonathan Taylor might not be hurt as much as everyone else in the offense, you know. Um, and then everyone else in the running room, you got Naheem Hines, who was the RB15, actually, which I'm not going to lie. I was looking at that on Fantasy Pro. I had no idea he was that high last season. RB15 is kind of wild, but he's currently being drafted at RB41. And you might be asking, why is that? Um, well, first of all, the offense is a shit show now. Second of all, they also have Marlon Mack, who's coming back from a torn Achilles, 
currently being drafted RB 57. And so people are a little skeptical of that. Plus Jonathan Taylor's emergence as a potential three down back. But if I'm being honest, Marlon Mack, I just don't care that he's here. He's a running back who is okay before the torn Achilles. And now his Achilles is done. So I feel like Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines outlooks aren't going to be super uh, impacted by Marlon Mack's emergence or not emergence return to the team rather. Um, so I wouldn't worry about that. Jonathan Taylor at RB seven. I'm cool with, I'd be fine having those. My RB one, the late first round pick, um, as far as the wide receivers go, Michael Pittman was a guy that was kind of a sleeper coming into this, but without Carson Wentz, I really don't want him. Uh, I wasn't even that high on him this season to begin with, with Carson Wentz. So if he's not out there, I just don't want anyone besides Jonathan Taylor Pittman at wide receiver 41, T.Y. Hilton's old ass at wide receiver 54, and Paris Campbell at wide receiver 69, who some people are saying is a sleeper, but he only played two games last year. He's coming into his third season. He's only played nine games in the NFL. He's just not healthy, and even if he is, I don't think Jacob Eason is going to be the quarterback to get him those explosive plays. Uh, and then the tight ends, you got Mo Wally Cox and Jack Doyle, I guess. Um, those are going to be more streaming candidates, I guess, but not people you draft. Shit show team. Let's move on to not so much of a shit show team. The Tennessee Titans, who are actually, you know, for once in this division, a competent football team. That's crazy, I know. Um, but we got Ryan Tannehill right now being drafted at QB 10, was the quarterback eight last year. And I really like Tannehill. I will say this about Ryan Tannehill. If you're going to draft him, I would take him around where he's being drafted at QB 10. I like that pick. And then I would pair him with a high upside guy later, like a Trey Lance, a Justin Fields. If you can find a way to get Trevor Lawrence, that's tough because they're being drafted around the same range. But I'd be good with that as well. Um, so Tannehill is really just going to be your consistent, safe guy. That you can start on a week-to-week basis. I'm great with Ryan Tannehill. Um, Derrick Henry being drafted at RB4 right now was the RB3 last year. Derrick Henry is about as safe of a running back pick in the first round as you can possibly get, right? Derrick Henry is a fucking stud. In PPR, not as great because he doesn't catch the ball as much, but he's just going to get so many carries. It's ridiculous. You can't stop him. He's probably the best running back in the NFL. So as long as he's healthy, which he has been able to stay healthy throughout his career, which is kind of crazy, uh, Derrick Henry is a fantastic pick. Uh, and then his handcuff right now is Darrington Evans at RB65. He only played five games last year due to a hamstring injury. But, you know, if you draft Derrick Henry, you can take Darrington Evans pretty late. But other than that, I'm just not sure if you really need him. If you don't have Derrick Henry, Darrington Evans is more of a waiver wire kind of guy. Um, So that's that on the running back room. The wide receivers are interesting to me. A.J. Brown is currently a wide receiver eight. He finished a wide receiver 12 last year despite missing two games. A.J. Brown, he's a guy I really like, right? A.J. Brown, coming into his third season at Ole Miss, still the number one target. We'll get to the other guy later, but I'm not high on him. Um, high volume passing game well not high volume but high efficiency I should say um, scores a lot of touchdowns he scored 8 and 11 touchdowns in his first two seasons lost Corey Davis lost Johnny Smith 
opens up a lot of targets. AJ Brown could have a monster year this year. I'm not going to lie. Um, but their big offseason addition, Julio Jones, on the other side of the ball, not super high on. He's at wide receiver 15 right now. That's too fucking high because Julio Jones is hurt all the time. He's always on the injury report. He's kind of inconsistent, to be honest. He doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. Uh, I will say that last year, in his seven games that he played with over 75% of the snaps, he did average 19.4 PPR points. But A, that's boosted by a higher volume passing game. He's going from a super pass-heavy team in the Atlanta Falcons to a super run-heavy team in the Tennessee Titans. And there's just guys around Julio's range that are safer, and there's guys with more upside, in my opinion. I'm fading Julio in all leagues, if I'm being honest. Um, and then the third receiver, Josh Reynolds. Right. Josh Reynolds is one of the saddest stories of this offseason. Josh Reynolds, before they got Julio Jones, was my wide receiver sleeper. I was so excited for Josh Reynolds. No Corey Davis, no Johnny Smith, like I mentioned. Josh Reynolds showed flashes on the Rams, but didn't really get a ton of opportunity. Josh Reynolds would have been so good. And then they got Julio, and now I'm pissed. So... I have a personal vendetta against Julio because he prevented a Josh Reynolds breakout season. Uh, but he's actually exactly the wide receiver 100 right now. I mean, I guess. Um, it would take a Julio injury, I think, for him to really step in and contribute. But he could, I guess. Uh, and then you have Anthony Ferkser at tight end 22. Was the tight end 26, even with Johnny Smith on the field? And the coaches have talked him up as a guy that could really contribute. So Ferkshire could actually be kind of a breakout tight end, especially if he does get some luck with some touchdowns, right? Um, so now that we've gotten an actual good team out the way, let's get to the absolute shit show in the Houston Texans, right? Houston Texans are ass. Um, but their fantasy outlook, right? There's two different ways you can look at this. There is the world we live in now where Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback. And there's a world where Deshaun Watson somehow plays some games. I'm going to go from the perspective of Deshaun Watson not playing games. And just note, quick disclaimer before the preview of the Texans, that if Watson does play, uh, everyone gets an upgrade. Not a huge upgrade, except for Brandon Cooks. He would get a huge upgrade. But everyone else, still not great, to be honest. Um, and then Deshaun Watson, if he plays, you start him. But we're going to go assuming Tyrod Taylor's the quarterback. I'm not drafting Tyrod Taylor. He's whatever. He's fine, I guess. He's more of a game-managing quarterback, and he runs. But I'm never going to take him in a draft. Running back room in Houston, right? Fucking disaster. David Johnson, old, slow, not good. Philip Lindsay is a smaller guy. Can't really handle a huge workload. Mark Ingram, old, bad. He had healthy scratches in some games last year. Don't want them. I don't want any of them. Uh, if there is one to take, it probably is Philip Lindsay at RB50 just because he has the most upside and, you know, he's actually not fucking ancient for a running back. So I guess you would go with Philip Lindsay, but the other guys just aren't appealing at all. Um, and same thing with the wide receivers, to be honest. Brandon Cooks is at wide receiver 36. He was the wide receiver 16, but that got boosted by a week 17, 40-point game against the Tennessee Titans. He was pretty inconsistent, as he can be, and he has his injury concerns, concussions mainly. So, And if Tyrod Taylor's the quarterback, I, I don't want him. Nico Collins, as a rookie, don't want him. They traded for Anthony Miller, don't want him. 
Uh, and then Jordan Aiken's a tight end, 38, even still. I just don't want him. He'd have to be a guy that, you know, you stream at a week-to-week basis at tight end, and you just hope he scores a touchdown, pretty much. Um, so, again, if Deshaun Watson's playing, those guys are more on the radar, but they're still not – like, they're not going to skyrocket up draft boards, you know? And then Watson, like, whatever, I guess. Sure. Um, but very fun team. If I'm being honest, this is the team I'm most excited for, which is weird because they were ass last year. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, right, are very fun to look at because of all the things they did in the offseason, mostly in the draft, right? You got Trevor Lawrence at QB 14, which I love. He has an offense built around him. Trevor Lawrence can run a little bit. He's got a big arm. He's going to start from week one. Trevor Lawrence at QB 14 is kind of a steal, and it kind of reminds me of Joe Burrow last year for fantasy, and he excelled. So I really like Trevor Lawrence a lot. Um, the running back room, I'm not going to lie, kind of upsets me it, on like a personal level. Uh, James Robinson, I had James Robinson last year. I picked him up on free agency as an undrafted free agent. He was awesome. He was RB7 last year despite missing two games. He was so good. A workhorse back that you can get in free agency is unheard of, and I got it in James Robinson. So appreciate him for that. But then they went out and drafted Travis Etienne in the first round of the Clemson, and he's being drafted RB26 while James Robinson is at RB23. It's it's tough to really love either of them right now, to be honest. If there is one I'm going to take, it's probably James Robinson, just because even with ATN coming in, RB23 feels about right. He is kind of in the what we call the running back dead zone of drafts, which is, you know, rounds like three through six around that range. And you don't really ever want to take a running back in those ranges because they all suck. They'll never be good. I think in the last like three seasons, there's only been like two or three that have ever like actually performed at that ADP. So it's just not worth it. Um, also, don't quote me on that stat. You might think I do research before my podcast, but I'm scamming all of you. I don't do shit. So <laughs> that could be completely wrong and I'm fucking everybody over and you're going to miss a running back in the fourth round. I'm not qualified in my job, but it is what it is. Um, but despite that, they have fun wide receivers, right? DJ Chark, a wide receiver, 33. LaVisca Chanel, a wide receiver, 43. And Marvin Jones, a wide receiver, 55. Chark, kind of inconsistent last year. I had him. Wasn't great. But that was with Gardner Minshew and I think a game and a half of Jake Luton, at quarterback. Kind of gross. But DJ Chark has breakout potential he's a decent value right now but if you're going to talk about values it is LaVisca Chenault who played 14 games finished as the wide receiver 55 and is being drafted a wide receiver 43 with Trevor Lawrence coming in at quarterback a coach in Urban Meyer who is probably going to run a lot of these gadget plays some people think it's going to be ATN I think LaVisca Chenault is going to get some of those too jet sweeps touch passes things like that LaVisca is going to get some of those, you know, manufactured touches, if you will. So Chenault, I really like as a value pick. And Marvin Jones, he was wide receiver 18 last year, and he's being taken a wide receiver 55. I think there's room for him to really flourish, at least compared to his current ADP. He probably won't be wide receiver 18 or anything, but I really like his value at wide receiver 55, right? And then at tight end, 
I don't know who's actually going to start, but for some reason, unknown to mankind and everyone watching football, Tim Tebow is the highest drafted tight end on this team. I mentioned this in my AFC East preview that Dawson Knox, who has a chance to be a third year breakout at tight end, is being drafted below Tim Tebow. Why the fuck are you drafting Tim Tebow? Okay, this whole episode, I'm going to be honest, I don't give a fuck about any of these players, right? Well, I can't really say that. Some are good. This whole episode is more so an intervention with everybody that is listening right now that either has or has considered drafting Tim Tebow. Retire from fantasy football. What are you doing? Tim Tebow sucks. First of all, he hasn't played football in five or six years, right? And whenever he did, he wasn't a fucking tight end. He was a quarterback and a bad one at that. Why are you taking Tim Tebow? It doesn't make sense. Listen, just because you and your auntie go to the same church as Tim Tebow does not mean you fucking take him. Tim Tebow's not good at football, and he's not going to be good at tight end. Stop it. Stop yourself. Um... <laughs> That being said, if Tim Tebow goes out there and turns into fucking Rob Gronkowski, I'll be very happy. That'd be hilarious. I'd have to stop watching football because clearly it's rigged in favor of Tim Tebow and Tim Tebow alone. But if he goes out there week one, starts, and is just stiff-arming people for 150 yards and two touchdowns, I'd be kind of happy. I'm not going to lie. It'd be the funniest shit I'll ever see, but I kind of want it to happen. Um, So... Yeah, the title of this episode is probably going to be something about Tim Tebow propaganda, if I'm being honest, because that's the main story here. Um, you know, Texans, whatever, Titans, whatever, Colts, whatever. Uh, Tim Tebow. It's Tim Tebow time. I never thought I'd have an episode in 2021 where I talk about Tim Tebow, and it's the most passionate I get. But here we are. The world is fucking weird. Or, you know, shit's going crazy in the world a lot of wild stuff and Tim Tebow is playing a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars and people are sitting in their chairs in their homes doing a fantasy draft and they see Tim Tebow on the board and they think to themselves this would be a good addition to my team it's not (laughs) oh my god Tim Tebow like okay little little okay behind the scenes right for people listening i write down all my adps or whatever i write down my stats i write down notes that i want to get to for the episode where they finished last season where they uh you know where they're projected to go right now you know if they missed games if they have injuries notes like that just quick little bullet points that i get to for each and every player that i feel is important on the teams right I get to Jacksonville and I go to Tim Tebow and in parentheses, my only note on Tim Tebow is just why <laughs> I'm, <not, laughs> I'm dead. Ass. I'm not even joking. That was my note was just why, why, why am I writing Tim Tebow on my notes page for fantasy football in 2021? It doesn't make sense. Um, so yeah, now you know what I do in preparation for these episodes and like, <sighs> I like, what do you want me to write down? What am I supposed to write down for Tim fucking Tebow? I'm not going to go and write, you know, his passing yards in the Jets preseason. I'm not doing it. Even if I should, you know, if you think it's useful for me to bring up 
you know, if he completed 75% of his passes in week three of the 2014 preseason, then sure, I'm not doing it. <laughs> like, I refuse. I refuse to do homework on Tim Tebow playing tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. God, no. You couldn't pay me to do it. That's a lie. Yes, you could. But I'm not getting paid to do it now. So <laughs> I'm just, no, I won't do it. Um, I guess now that my Tim Tebow slander is out the way and we've covered every division, that's been another episode of Tim Tebow time. Tune in next week to uh, the AFC West. West? Yes, AFC West fantasy preview. I might have some guests coming for that. Hopefully we won't talk about Tim Tebow for 15 minutes on that episode. That'd be pretty ideal for my mental health and overall sanity and for everyone listening at home as well. I'm going to lose some listeners probably because I talked about Tim Tebow like I'm fucking Skip Bayless in 2012, but it is what it is. Just had to get it out the way. And uh, yeah, I think that will wrap it up. And uh, yeah, I will see y'all next week. If you want more of your football fantasies to come true, subscribe to the Fantasy Dreams podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all other major podcast platforms. (laughs) 